Welcome to another episode of the Double Coma Club with your host, Nicole Ruth of the Ruth Team, the number one lending team in Colorado. It is an interesting market right now. I'm actually hearing that it's the tale of two markets, right? I, I met with a group of phenomenal real estate agents, realtors yesterday at our DMAR Market Trends a committee meeting, and we were talking about how the single families, the detached and the attached seem to be having two different markets. How the upper end price points and the lower end price points seem to be having two different markets. How downtown Denver and South Denver seem to be having two different markets. I'm talking to some real estate agents and they've got listings that have been on the market for weeks, maybe even over a month. Other real estate agents can't get their buyers under contract to save their lives. They're working their tails off. I know we are as well, trying to get all of our clients fully, fully approved through our TBD underwrite. So it just has me going like, I can't point to one number and say, this is the number. This is what's telling us that what's happening in the market. I can tell you that our home price growth is slowing down. I can tell you though, our close to list is still the highest it's ever been. It came in in April at 107%. I was speaking with Steve Danlu, who's on the Market Trends Committee yesterday, and he was like, I had to double click on that number. Like I literally went back and added it up and multiplied it by myself, pencil and paper, because I didn't think it was right. It's high, yet the median price growth was slowing. How do you reconcile that? So that's what I wanted to kind of talk about today was the fact that this market is somewhat upside down and giving a lot of people anxiety. What are some strategies that you can use in today's market? That's where I'm gonna land. I'm gonna talk through just a couple of strategies that we're using a lot to help our clients get under contract. But before that, I wanna highlight just a couple things that are going on in the economy because I think that it marries this tale of two markets that we're seeing in the real estate market right now. So we had the historical high amount of savings during the pandemic. That has been whittling down, right? It was, you know, upwards of above, you know, two trillion, three trillion in savings. And, and I don't remember the number off the top of my head, but it's irrelevant because it's gone, right? That number is now kind of an, an, a dated number. So as we had hit this massive amount of liquidity and this massive amount of savings during the pandemic, when we had fiscal sim stimulus and we had people trapped at home, and they couldn't travel and spend on services. So of course we know that we all went to buying products and now products are slowing down and people are spending again on services. Airline travel is up, right? Vacationing is up, we know that. Retail sales just came out this morning and it's still strong. Yet credit card debt is on the rise. So we had the highest level of savings we'd ever had as a nation, and now we've got double digit increasing credit card debt because retail sales is still happening. 
So people are still spending. But the cost of everything is still high. The CPI came out last week and it came out at 8.3%, down from 8.5%, but still high. And if you actually peel back the layers of the onion on what makes up the CPI, what's making it up isn't transitory anymore. This is the stuff that's gonna stick around. It's the long term. It's food, it's rent, and it's wages. Wages. Those people who walked into their boss or quit and got another job just to get an increase in pay because the increase in cost of everything, now they're not going to give that up. They're not going to go, well, you know, I'll, I'll give back that raise unless they get fired. And we're starting to see that increase of jobless claims just ticked up last week. So we need to watch that because the unemployment number had gone down. That unemployment number at the very beginning of, of May, which showed us uh, April's unemployment, was down. It was down because we're looking at past numbers, right? And the economy takes a little while to catch up. And we're going to see this jobless claims number tick up before we're going to see an unemployment number go up. And how much will the unemployment number go up or how long will it go up considering we have 11,000 job openings? But you are going to see some people in some industries lay off, especially as we see products decline and services come back. So this whole trade-off between products declining, spending on services going up, retail sales still increasing because of that, yet manufacturing is down. Manufacturing numbers just came out and they're down. We also saw consumer confidence and the desire or the ability to purchase a home. The confidence in that is down. Of course it is. Home prices are up. Interest rates are up. Right? Yet people are still buying. You ask some of those real estate agents that are going out first time home buyers and they can't get their buyers under contract. This unease, this lack of ability to pinpoint, this is the data that tells me the market that we're in, and based on the market that we're in, I can expect these results. That does not exist right now. I can tell you predictions based on where we're headed. I can tell you based on where I think interest rates will go a little bit higher. We can talk about the fact that we might be heading into recession and interest rates will drop down then. But then of course there's conversations because inflation is so much based on permanent price changes versus temporary. Will we go into a stagflation instead of a normal recession? And what does that mean? So if it's stagflation, does that mean that the, the inflation is still gonna be high, right? Cost of everything will still be high, but the economy will slow down. Then what will buyers do? And will that look different than a traditional recession? So much to talk about. If you are an agent watching this, tomorrow we have our two-hour DMAR Market Trends Warning Graphic Images class. Please join us for that. It is in person, which I am so excited about. It's our first back live in person. And we're going to be talking about how do you read the market trends, especially last month. I mean, come on. There were some different uh, differentiators between the attached, the detached, the slowing price growth, and the increasing close to list. What does that mean? 
We're going to be going over that for an hour and then we're going to be talking about this economy, this economy that's shifting and not allowing us to quickly understand the direction, right? Because of the shifts, the shifts that are happening, which make it interesting, certainly, and give us plenty to talk about. And we're going to be talking about that tomorrow at DMARS two hour class and it's down in the DTC. So please, please, please join us for that. And then of course, on Thursday, Agent Ignite, uh, this week, we've got First American Title, Megan Aller and I are coming together. We're doing a one-hour CE all about title. And that's going to be um, on our regular, you know, Thursday, Asian nighttime, and then Friday's market update with Megan Aller. There's a lot going on this week, and we're going to be talking. I'm going to be diving into all of those things. What does that mean? What does stagflation mean? What is, what is a housing market going to do if that happens versus a recession? How does it change the direction of things? Right? This, I can't pinpoint it. You talk to two different realtors, you're going to get two different stories about how the market is right now. So how do you deal with that? So here's a couple of strategies that I want to talk about that our team is using a lot. So going forward, we've been talking to our clients. Whenever we have a client putting in an offer, we're running against the automated underwriting system to see if we can get an appraisal waiver. Now I'll tell you, you can't get an appraisal waiver on just anything. So here's the conditions that need to be true in order to get that. And again, just because these conditions are true doesn't mean I'm automatically going to get it. It just means I have the opportunity to get it based on the risk profile of the borrower and the information in the database about the house. Those are the two buckets, the credit profile of the borrower, and then is there any data in the database about the house? But first, in order to even get that far, you need to have 20% down. It needs a, to be a one unit which means it could be a detached single family home, it could be a town home, it could be a condo. So it just needs to be a one unit, not a duplex, a triplex, or a quad, right? Cannot be an investment property, has to be a primary home or a second home with a minimum of 20% down, right? And if you're getting a gift of equity, you'll lose it. You won't get it in that situation. So anytime we have a primary home or second home, 20% down, single unit, we're going to be running it through automated underwriting at contract offer to see if we can get an appraisal waiver so that we can waive the appraisal objection and deadlines. Pretty cool. The other thing that we're doing a lot of is quick closings. So we have a TBD underwrite. If you don't know what that is, you need to. And it's taking your entire loan file as a buyer, putting it through underwriting and getting all of the conditions and then getting those conditions cleared. Meaning uh, maybe we're looking for the source of a large bank deposit or we're looking for an explanation as to why maybe your number of hours dropped in your last paycheck. Uh, or we're uh, looking for an explanation of multiple addresses on your credit report, right? Those conditions, we're just going to quickly gather the documentation and we're going to clear those conditions so that we literally have a loan file ready to go, just subject to a property, subject to the property, the address, the title work. Now, if we have that and we get the appraisal waiver, even better, we can do a super quick closing. We can also do the fairway cash guarantee and we can back that loan. We can waive loan availability. 
I also am throwing on, when we have a TBD underwrite, is a $15,000 earnest money guarantee, up to $15,000. That means I believe in my team, and I believe in you, the buyer, trying to get into the market in this crazy time, this time that doesn't quite make sense, but we know that the long-term benefits of real estate continue to provide access to wealth and stability for generations to come, right? So we're doing that. We're doing all those things. So we're doing the TBD. We're allowing for the, the waiver of the loan availability. We're doing the PIW check, the property inspection waiver check uh, to see if we can waive the appraisal deadlines and then crunching it all down and doing an eight to 10 day closing. That's a guarantee, right? The other thing that you can get when you do the TBD is with these rising interest rates is you can do a lock and shop. You can actually lock in your interest rate if you're a conventional FHA or VA buyer and as rates go up, you don't care because you've locked it in and if rates go down, you can actually float down. But it will keep your rate from going up and it locks it in for 90 days. That way you can go out and shop. You have to have that TBD underwrite done and then you can do the lock and shop. The other thing that we're talking to a lot of our clients about right now are adjustable rate mortgages, arms, right? Because a lot of people are worried. Rates are higher. It means my affordability is less. So what options do I have? I mean, we can look at shorter terms, like a 10-year or 15-year fix, and that's going to get you a better interest rate, but the payment goes up because the amortization is shorter but I could do an adjustable rate mortgage with a lower interest rate, and that might give me more eligibility. Now, there are risks that go with the adjustable rate mortgage, and I'm gonna be talking about that on a video that we're gonna be putting out on Wednesday. But when we talk about adjustable rate mortgages, the one thing to know for sure is that it is a strategy. It is not a one-size-fit-all solution anymore than the option arm was back in 2006. Now, the option arm was totally different in the sense that it gave you four options. It also had the availability to get into it with limited documentation, with stated income, stated assets, and go ahead and throw on an option arm on top of that. So you really had layered risk. Today, the arms are fully qualified, right? And if you do a shorter arm, like a five-year arm, then you actually have to qualify for that rate plus the full spread. So that means, say the rate today is, is 4%, but it's got a two and a quarter index on it, then you're gonna have to qualify at six and a quarter, which doesn't mean that's your rate, but it just adds to the stability of the arms today versus the way they were in 2006, right? So an arm at its core is all about being fixed for a period of time and then floating, whether it uh, recalculates every six months or every year based on its index plus. So we're gonna talk more about that on the Wednesday video. So, so much content coming out this week. I cannot wait to continue to share everything that's going on. This market is intense and it doesn't allow us to fully feel comfortable in where things are headed. But I know this, 
I know the likelihood of a recession is high. It's not absolute, but it is high. I know that rates don't go up at this pace for long. This is extreme. This is the reason the quick, abrupt move by the Fed, the massive movement by the 10-year, the increase in risk in the spread, the unknown from the investors, and I'll talk more about that on Friday, are all creating market where speed is creating angst, right? It's not a problem that the rates went up. I mean, let's just be perfectly clear. I am pro increasing rates right now. Given our incessant demand, unlimited supply, we needed to calm the market. If the problem wasn't the fact that rates were going up, the problem is that the speed by which rates were going up felt very stressful, stressed out the market. So what are your options today to remove some of that stress? How do you get yourself locked into a home price today when we know home prices are gonna continue to go up? In fact, I was just quoted on a story, I know I was on the news yesterday, but on Channel 7 uh, earlier last week, we were talking about San Diego and the fact that their median single family home just went up and hit a million dollars. And it was when will the Denver market hit a million dollars? And we know a couple months ago, we saw news cycles here in Denver talking about the fact that we were close to hitting a million dollars and we would do it by Memorial Day. Well, that was the average. San Diego's newspaper was all about the median. Those are different and the averages are swung by the extremes. When you have football players, when you have TV stars buying homes here for ridiculous sums of money, which they are coming because Denver is the next San Diego, I guess, right? That's gonna skew the averages, but the median starts to remove them. And it's just gonna, what's that number for an equal number above to an equal number below? What's the median? We're not there yet. We're not there yet. And we'd have to continue to grow at extremes to get there within a year. And more than likely, it'll be two to three years from now if we bounce back to normal. If we continued at over a 3% month over month gain in median price growth, we'd be like at 40% annual. That, I mean, so when people say, well, if we continue at the current price growth, I'm like, can you, wait, can we? Multiply that by 12 just for a second. And you tell me if we've ever been there before. We've never been there before. Certainly not to 40 or even 30. We've been now, we've hit over 20. But I'd like to not do that for long. Usually we're at six, which means on average, that's a month over month price growth of a half a percent, not three and a half percent. Put it in perspective. Know that long term, that those home are today's home prices in the Denver market is people continue to want to live here, continue to want to move here. Our home prices are going to continue to go up. We might be expensive for here, but relative to the United States, there's still opportunities and people moving here because it's cheaper to live here than San Diego or Boston or other areas. And we'll continue to have that increasing price growth. So where do you want to be? Do you want to be on this side of the recession or when price, when interest rates go down and the demand spikes, or do you want to still be fighting for a house in the middle of all that? Or do you want to be a homeowner taking advantage of the appreciation? And if you buy today, if you buy today through the rest of the 2022 year, I will give you a certificate with a thousand dollar lender credit to help offset the refinance for when those rates go down. Because when those rates go down, I want to take care of you. 
Well, that's a wrap for today's Tuesday Live. Nicole Ruth with the Ruth team. Hope you guys are making it a fantastic day. Hope you sign up for one of the events we have this week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Double Comma Club. Never miss an episode. Subscribe at thedoublecommaclub.com to hear more success stories and to get free tips on how you can get on the path to becoming a millionaire through real estate at any age. Remember, visit thedoublecommaclub.com dot com and subscribe.